everybody. Welcome back to the Shakedown Academy. This is our little side quest where we explore the feeder series. Particularly this year, we're going to focus on F2 and Formula One Academy because they are the two, what would what we call the one step down, not the two step down like F3 from F1. So we are going to do an F2 101 today. We did do an episode of this last season for the Shakedown, where we went through F2 and F3 and talked about their basics, but we're going to do this this again. We're going to do it a little bit more refined. There are new cars, new rules. So, Ellie, why don't you start us off with some history? Thank you so much. Yeah, I'm really excited for these sort of mini episodes. As we said, we're going to cover <laughs> F2 as kind of like a step down from F1 and F1 Academy because we're here for women. And we're going to do kind of two episodes at the start of the season for each of those. This one, which is like a 101 episode and then we are going to do driver profiles so if we don't talk much about the drivers this week if we don't talk much much about like the details of the teams rest assured we are going to cover that in great detail in an episode next week so i'm really excited for that so f2 f2 officially launched in 2017 to replace what was f2 and was called gp2 pretty much all Mm -hmm. the drivers on the grid have come through either f2 or gp2 there is one exception do you know who it is? Maximus yeah, Verstappen. Um, yes, who skipped F2 after it went straight from F3 to F1. So I keep forgetting that happened. Yeah, it did. And they, they changed the super license rules just for him. So past yeah. winners include Charles Leclerc, George Russell, Nick DeVries, Mick Schumacher, Oscar Piastri, Felipe Drugovich, most recently Theo Porsche. And there's other names that didn't win but that you know you would you would know of so hannah talk to us a little bit about the car what's the deal with the car in f2 so this year we are getting a new car it's gonna look like the one that we saw if you were at the british gp last year and you saw them filming the movie with brad pitt in it the car he was driving is the new f2 car essentially Mm-hmm. It is like a mini okay. F1 car. It's the same shape, except for the back wing is a little bit higher. It's got a little bit more of a, a slope to it. Um, it is about 5,285 millimeters or 17.33 feet in length. The width is 1,900 millimeters, which is about 6.2 feet. So one George Russell or one Esteban Ocon. Can't remember which one's taller. Esteban. Esteban. So one Esteban. Esteban. The weight is about 795 kilograms or 1,750. No, it's more than a child. It's it's a, th- it's a ton. It's over a ton. Oh, it's shit. almost two tons. With the driver on board, okay? With the driver on board is supposed to be a about a max of a ton, 0.7. Okay? Um, mm-hmm. The engine itself is a V6 3.4 liter turbocharged Mechachrome engine with a 6P longitudinal Hewlin sequential gearbox. That's what Yikes. I just nod. You, mm-hmm. you <laughs> just used a load of words, none of which I understood. But I'm going to nod. I understood. Basically, few. there's six gears, okay? Six, okay. six speeds. Um, the horsepower okay. is 620 horsepower. The chassis is a Delara chassis. This is a spec series. All of them will be the same. Mm-hmm. The okay. difference comes I out quite like how the that. decides to tune it. Yeah, I like that it shows driver ability better yeah. as well. I feel mm-hmm. like it's just a little bit more competitive in the F2 for that very reason. But I quite like it. Now, okay. here's the interesting one. All of them are going to be 0 to 100 kilometers is 2.9 seconds. They also include the mm-hmm. t- 0 to 200 kilometers, which is about 124 miles an hour, 6.6 6 seconds. Okay. Okay. 
that's the basic specs of the car. There's a lot other there's a lot of other ones. All of the safety features. The interesting one is all the safety features are up to F1 standards. And use Great. the same F1. So the roll hoop is we exactly the same. The exact we same roll hoop that the F1 drivers use. Um, the halo is exactly the same. All of mm-hmm. the, the monocoque is up to FIA standards. Everything that should be up to par with F1 is up to par with F1 this year, according to the F2 website. So that's going to be a really nice, interesting change. Yeah, I love that. Okay, so that's the car. Now, how do you get into the series? Like, do the teams choose their drivers? Do the drivers, like, pay to get in? How does it work? And who funds it all? It's a combination Mm -hmm. of, if you can pay it, great. If you can't, get a sponsor. Right. A lot of these drivers come up through karting or f4 f3 you know what have you they're the the lower series and mm-hmm. at this point in time a lot of them get picked up by a driver academy so the way right. that you're looking at the car depends what what you're going to see on the car depends on if they are picked up by an academy or they're just with a team now mm-hmm. like any f1 car they're going to have their personal sponsors on that car no matter what but if they're picked mm-hmm. up by Red Bull, or they're picked up by Aston Martin, or they're picked up by Mercedes. They're gonna be in a car that's either going to have that badge on it. If you're in a Ferrari driver academy, usually they just slap the the Ferrari logo like somewhere on the car. It's not actually okay. a red little car unless you're in a Prema. Or if you're in a team like Alpine, you'll have a mini version of the F1 car that you're driving. Yeah. If you are not attached to a team, you're going to be in the team's livery, right. not. In, in your in your F2 team's livery, let me clarify, not an F1 team's livery. So mm-hmm. that's why the two teammates can have different liveries. It's not like F1 where you have yeah. to have the same livery. It's, so, it can be quite confusing to watch for that reason. Is you It takes a little while to kind of get to know who is in what kind of car. And even yeah. then, like they may not even be on the same team. It can it can throw you quite a little bit and it did take me a little while last year to kind of go, okay, there's seven Red Bull cars. I don't yeah. know which person is which. And yeah. And you do There was a graphic last year to tell yeah. the difference between all of the six or seven Red Bulls that were on the grid. Yeah, it was almost like a spotter guide, wasn't it? Like you yeah. get in like Indy or in the And in this Red Bull we oh. have Owasa. In this one, yeah. exactly. It was You'll notice that it's got that, this though. on its wing, or this on its nose, or yeah. it's got X, Y, or Z. Like literally, it, it can be an issue. Um, but this year, that shouldn't be a yeah. problem. I think there's, you know, only one or two Red Bull there's drivers. There's less of each driver. Yeah. 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 So okay, so we're trying to make these episodes a little bit shorter. So we're we're kind of going to blitz through the information. And obviously, if you're listening and you've got more questions, please do send us a message. We're really really happy to cover things in more detail and go back if there are the things that we clarify throughout the season but looking at the weekend format so obviously there are similarities to f1 and these typically take place a sort of two three hours before an f1 session but what do the sessions look like so talk us for a friday for an f2 driver so in the morning early early in the morning you have one free practice session that's 45 minutes okay Mm -hmm. this is just like any other free practice session that you might see. However, it's yep. just 45 minutes. Okay. Friday, usually after all the F1 stuff is done, you have your qualifying session. Now it is non-sequential. Hmm? It's, 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 I think it's before F1. It's not. It's, it's before. It's in between. So it's an hour before FP2. Usually. Is it? 
I usually yeah. okay. always, well, then that's when my I'm on the school run. It happens whenever I'm on the school run. On a normal race weekend, F2 qualifying is at 3 p.m. UK time when I go on the school run. Okay, well, my brain thought they sandwiched. My brain thought it sandwiched everything. That's my bad. <laughs> oh, well. This one qualifying session is different than what you're going to see. It's different than what you're going to see. It's one 30-minute session. It is non-segmented like you're going to see in F1 where they do a knockout style. There is no knockout style. You get 30 minutes to set your fastest lap. And then, of course, just like you're used to, fastest goes in pole, second fastest is in a sec, all the way down to 20-second driver. Okay? Mm-hmm. Now, there's an interesting thing about qualifying in F2 that they don't do in F1. Come on, from what from your watching from our episode last year, can you remember what's the thing that's different about getting pole position in F two than F one? Reverse grid start in the sprint race, right? Yes. Well, yeah. Okay. But do they get but, anything for being on pole? Oh, there's other than the tire. Don't it, no right. Super get a two point. point is the only thing that comes to mind, right? That oh two, two points. points in the championship. Yeah, so, yeah I you get two championship that. points. Yeah. yeah. And I'll talk about that later because there have been some interesting. We've got some with the new car. We have rule changes as well, so there's some point changes um, and what have you. But yeah, so that's it's non sequential. So you get 30 minutes of a shootout to just set your fastest time. Ellie, you want to walk us through Saturday? So Saturday, you have one sprint race that takes place, 120 kilometers, 45 minutes. It's about a third race distance of what we mm-hmm. usually see. And the starting grid, Almon has mentioned previously, is determined by reversing the top 10 finishers of qualifying. So if you're in P11 to 22, you're staying where you are. If you qualified in P10, you start the sprint race in P1. If you qualified in P9, you start the sprint race in P2 and vice versa. You know, follow it through. So that's what happens on a Saturday. They only have the one session. They only have the one thing, but it is a sprint race. And we'll get to points later. But the sprint race, because it is a shorter race, the points reflect that as well. Hannah, Sunday. So Sunday is race day. You get one feature race of 170 kilometers or 60 minutes, whichever finishes first. Those points that you are awarded are the same as the F1 race day system. So 25 for Mm -hmm. first, 18 for second, so on and so forth. Now, do you want me to talk about points now or do you want to wait? Yeah, uh, well... Tying into that, and then you can probably segue into points. There is in each race, which is one of the, the curious things, in both races, there's a point available for fastest lap, provided mm-hmm. that the driver was in the top 10, which obviously throws something really different because we're used to that in, in F1 main races, but it's interesting that they have it also in the sprint races as well. I quite like that. There's extra points on offer. So there's a total across the weekend you could get a maximum. Well, I'll let you do points and then I'll say the maximum the well the max so no weekend. you're right the maximum is 39 for a driver 65 for a team in a weekend yep mm-hmm. um points are broken down like this pole sitter gets two points now there is a little bit of an asterisk next to that because if the pole sitter that's that gets pole position during that session gets a grid penalty they forfeit those points to whoever actually lines up on pole position on that sunday okay interesting now, sprint race, like you said, top eight get points, which I find really interesting because top 10 can still qualify for that fastest lap point, which means that nine and 10 can still get a point if they so choose. Okay? Yep. It is broken down 
as you would think, first gets 10 points, second gets 8 points, third 6, 4, 5 points, 4, 3, 2, 1, all the way down to 8. Feature race, top 10. It's just like the F1 system. Now, like Ellie said, top 10, if you are in the top 10 and you run the fastest lap, you get an extra point. Here's where it gets interesting. Fastest lap point is a conditional point. And like she said, you need to be in the top 10. If mm -hmm. the top 10 fail to provide the fastest lap and the fastest lap is actually finished outside the top 10, the fastest lap point is still awarded to the second fastest person who was able to complete it within the top mm. 10 this year. What? I didn't get the fastest lap. This is lap. The fastest lap. That's not the fastest lap. Why do you now, I don't know if I like this. I, I don't because I quite liked the strategy. So if you think back to, I want to say it was Australia last year in F1, maybe Bahrain or back. It was one of the ones very early on, but, but it was it plays massively into strategy. Mm -hmm. So you had... Zhou Guan Yu take the point off Pierre Gasly in an Alpine because he, they thought their battle was going to be with them that year. So he knew he raced, and even though he didn't get the fastest lap point, he made sure someone else didn't, which mm -hmm. affects sort of your driver championships and particularly more so your team championships. So I quite like that it's it can play into strategy. I don't really like that it would go to the driver in That's second right. but i suppose it stops people from pitting and using that as a strategic point of view so i guess i can see it from that but i just don't like that and it's a stupid rule you can tell them I yeah that. well that's the rule change this year with points um mm -hmm. everything else is pretty much the same is that saying that's just f2 that's just f2 could you imagine if that happened in f1 <laughs> or there would be all out okay. chaos yeah yeah. Okay, so the other two things I wanted to cover then in terms of F2 are around the super license points that you get from completing it. And mm -hmm. I wanted to talk a little bit about testing and how they do testing, because this will probably come out around the time that F2 start testing, maybe a little bit before, but you'll have that coming up soon. And so we want to talk a little bit about what testing looks like. So obviously, if you're all in the same spec car, there's less to test than there is in F1 where you're potentially producing a brand new car. But let's do super license points first. Do you know how many positions get the full 40 super license points in F2? Top three. Top three. Top three. So top three get 40. Fourth place gets 30. Fifth place gets 20. Sixth place gets 10. Seventh place gets eight. Eighth place gets six. Ninth place gets four. And tenth place gets three points. Quite the drop off there. Yeah, that's a that's a lot. Drop of that's a we're heading off a cliff. That's a lot of points. Yeah, and I understand that this is designed to set them up that sort of any of the top three could go into F one mm -hmm. regardless of what they had beforehand. But you've got to remember that super license points are calculated from the last three years, and so you get thirty points for winning F three, and so you'd think they'd have nearer that amount anyway. But I think to me, it massively shows that for the FIA, this is their preferred route into F one. This mm -hmm. is the way you do it, and that's reflected in the amount of points you get. So a lot of points available for the graduates of F2. Now, one slight thing here is there are actually three championships within F2. Do you know what the three are? Drivers, constructors, what's the third one? I can't tell you. Mildly unofficial, but I would call it an official. It's the top rookie. Yeah, would be the no. top rookie. So... It's, it's worth noting, so rookies, for those of you who don't know, are anyone who's in their first season of F2. So typically F2 is the sort of series where you do see a lot of rookies. So yeah, there's there's a rookie championship 
And on occasions, that's the same person, notably Charles Leclerc, George Russell, Oscar Piastri, all rookie winner, 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 probably championship winner as well. But there are times where the rookie winner is also is not the championship winner and vice versa. So, yes. Okay. Finally, then, wrap us up, Hannah. Talk to us about F2 testing. How does it work? When do they do it in the season? How many times do they do it? Who does it? And what's the point of it? So, testing can happen pretty much whenever they desire during the season. However, there was preseason testing in, I want to say, what it did happen in Barcelona probably about two weeks ago. And then they'll do mm-hmm. some rain testing, like during the testing window that F1 has as well. The point of it is to get to grips with the new car at this point. Um, mm-hmm. It is a brand new car. It is a brand new setup. It is a whole new feel to those t- who have not actually stepped inside an F1 car because it's a, it's an F1 car, but it's smaller at this point. Not the same build, obviously, but it's the same shape, same dynamics, so but a lot smaller. So it's testing mm-hmm. just a way to get just drive time for like the rookies and yeah, for a lot of the rookies, it's just going to be grips grips time. So. For the for the non rookies, it's probably a getting to grips with the brand new car and the brand new chassis, but also seeing what they like, getting mm-hmm. getting a feel of what they want as their setup for the season, so that it's easy. Because keep in mind, F F two uh, teams can only have so many people to work on their car. I believe it's twelve people max. Ooh, I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, it's different. Um, it's very different to F one in that respect. It's very stripped down, so they need to have everything. Mm-hmm in line ready to go before they they hit a track like it needs to be precise they need to have what they need like they don't have the extra hands so if they can you know decide what setup they want then they're going to do that during testing like that's just that's the main idea Mm -hmm. yeah i think they tested in barcelona last week in the wet um it might have been the week before but i remember reading something about how these f2 cars are actually more similar to f4 cars as opposed to F3 cars or Freca cars, because Kimi Antonelli was one of the fastest in it because mm-hmm. it was a car that he was more familiar with, and he's just come from Freca, I think. So I think there's, mm-hmm. there's potential that there's there's more similarities between like that style of car than, and the new car than there is. But hopefully these guys can get some good testing time in Barcelona. I'd be surprised if it's at the same time as F1 testing, mainly because F1 testing is literally like they have the track all day if I'm not mistaken, but maybe they're like Monday, Tuesday. It won't be at the same time. It'll probably be like an hour or something. It'll be a small window probably because they're all there. Why not? Like, so I don't know. Maybe, maybe I'm, maybe I'm wrong, but I was told, but we were told that there was going to be testing in Barcelona. So I'll, or not Barcelona, in Bahrain. So I would be surprised. Yeah, I wasn't sure if it was like Monday, Tuesday. They had Monday, Tuesday because F1 had Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Yeah, maybe it's a weekend thing. We'll see. But obviously, then F two does start in Bahrain in on the same weekend as the F one starts. Really exciting for that. And our plan going forward with these episodes is we are going to try and do some kind of post race analysis. Analysis maybe is too strong. We're going to kind of talk a little bit about the race, do a bit more of race recap, which we've stayed away from in F one. But for F two, we feel like there's a bit more of a place for it, and we're really excited to do it. So yeah, we're going to be covering that kind of thing. As I said. We'll be doing an episode probably next week, maybe tail end of this week by the time this comes out, to cover the details of the drivers, driver profiles, which I'm really excited for. We've kind of split it up and all researched a few. And, you know, I'm adopting some of the children because I love them. And we're talking about the children. So, 
yes, I'm really excited for that. If you do have questions though on F2, anything you think we haven't covered or anything you'd just like to know a little bit more about, please do let us know. In the future, like maybe we'll do some history of F2 or maybe do some other bits as and when we want to. But if you've got something that you'd like to hear about, please do let us know. Any more for any more? Any other thoughts, guys? No. Excited to do this F2 season 2024. I'm looking forward to it. And uh, we'll catch you all on the next one. Bye for now. Bye. Bye.